Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Welcoming onto our podcast, we have Dr. Mike Reinold, who is another doctor of physical therapy. And Dr. Dom and I are just geek out about even having him on here because he's someone who has taught us a lot as we have started out as clinicians to where we are now. And he's considered a world-renowned leader in the field of physical therapy, sports medicine, fitness, and sports performance. He's a noted author, lecturer, consultant, researcher, and clinician. And as a physical therapist, athletic trainer, and certified strength conditioning specialist, Dr. Mike Reinald has used his expertise in a variety of settings to help people restore, optimize, and enhance their performance. We're really going to dive into the shoulder today, particularly because we know a lot of people really have issues with what is happening at the shoulder. And not only is is Dr. Mike Reinald just an expert in physical therapy, but he's most notably extensively worked with professional athletes of every major sport, but particularly throwing athletes as he worked a lot with the Boston Red Sox. And he's currently a senior medical advisor for the Chicago White Sox and the director of baseball performance at Northeastern University. He is currently a co-founder and president of Champion Physical Therapy and Performance, a physical therapy and performance training facility just outside of Boston. And I know we're just going to dive into so many goodies that are going to help you to understand your body and understand where to even find physical therapy that's going to work for you. What is the current research saying? What should you be doing in your body? We're going to dive into it all. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we're excited to get onto this interview. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being here. One, I, we haven't had a physical therapist on in, in a while now, and I just appreciate your approach to the way you educate, the message that you're putting out there for students, for clinicians, and for everyone to continue to learn and kind of grow in. And Dom and I were just saying before this podcast how, you know, we as students and then as clinicians continue to listen to Mike Reynolds podcast. So it's so cool to have him on our podcast. It's, it's like a little... Uh, I'm just fanboying over yeah, here right exactly. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. You, you guys made me blush and feel really old all at the same time. It was amazing. <laughs> it was a, su- such a mixture of emotions right now. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's an honor to be on on this podcast as well. I mean, and I think you know people collaborating and putting minds together and all working for a common goal is great. And um, honestly, I think we have a lot in common, right? Like you're you, you're Jen. Like one, you're one of my favorite Instagram. Instagram feeds. And it's funny, like when I, when I start flipping through Instagram and I'm starting to gram out a little bit here, like one of your things will pop up on me and it like always hits home. Like you're talking to my soul. Like, how did you know my adductors were tight? Right? <laughs> like you're, so you, you, you have such like an authentic profile and an authentic type content that you put out there that I think a lot of people really like, like it jives with them because you're hitting the pain points that we all see, right? So, so thanks for what you guys do. And and obviously, thanks for having me on your show. It's an honor. Oh, well, geez, now you're going to make me blush and maybe cry. That was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Like I remember getting that first 
Um, I think you DM me one time and said, oh, this is such great content you're putting out. And I was like, what? He knows who I am. <laughs> so that was, again, just an honor. And I appreciate it. But can you tell people a little bit like where your focus is and what you've been really up to and creating in the world of physical therapy? Yeah, I, I'm a little weird. I do a little bit of everything, but you know, I'm primarily a physical therapist. Uh, I'm also an athletic trainer. I'm also a strength and conditioning coach. I do a lot of performance based stuff, but um, you know, for me, I, I um, you know, it's it's just like you guys. You get this a little bit here, like you get known for something. So um, I'm 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 published. I have like a textbook out on the shoulder, like these sorts of things. So so people tend to pigeonhole you that like you're a big shoulder guy, but um, I do probably specialize in the shoulder. Uh, I work with the ton of baseball players. I uh, work in, in Major League Baseball. So, um, you know, obviously they have tons of arm injuries and they have shoulder injuries too. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So we work with such a, a, a di- like diverse population though at my my clinic. So I have a clinic outside Boston called Champion PT and Performance. And essentially it's, it's a clinic for people that want to get the most out of their body right? You don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be, you know, like a pro athlete and don't get me wrong. Like you might be, you might be on the table right next to like a major league all-star, right? But everybody's treated the same and you're all there for the same reason is you want to get the most out of your body. Right. And, and I think that's where you and I probably both educate well and produce content on, on stuff like Instagram is we're, we're helping people to get the most out of their body. So, um, I would say I, I specialize in the shoulder. I specialize in, in overhead athletes like baseball players, but by all means, I mean, we, we have a little bit of everything. I mean, our, our fitness crowd, you know, with champion, we have a, we have a big gym that's, that's part of our, our clinic. So, you know, we have a huge population of sports performance clients uh, and adult fitness clients that are always in there. And, you know, anytime that someone's trying to get the most out of their body, they're, 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 bouncing back and forth between us and the gym and just trying to, to kind of like put our heads together. So we created champion like for, for the whole purpose of saying like, wait a minute, what, why do professional athletes get all this like multidisciplinary, like, like attention all the time? Why don't we, why don't we bring that to the general crowd? So, you know, we have a ton of fitness enthusiasts and, and, and people like that, that, that come to our place. So I guess that's, that's kind of what I, I do the majority of the time. So, um, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's a little repetitive, but, um, you know, I guess as you get older and you start specializing in something, you just, you know, you get, you get good at the things you're most experienced in. Wow. And I, th- I think that's amazing. You know, as a young professional in PT, yeah, I look at someone's career like, like yours. I'm like, man, you've done it all. You've worked with professional baseball teams, I think with the White Sox and the Red Sox with all the socks. I mean, <laughs> you you have your own clinic, you are teaching students all the time, as well as, you know, writing your own textbook, I think I first started to hear your name. I, I was uh, really involved in the APTA when I was in school and stuff. But like, what's your why? What Why are you so passionate to continue doing all of this in all of these different areas? I think you touched on it a little bit talking about your clinic, but what drives you? Man, I mean, you know, that's a good question because, you know, we always say that and that's part of what we do, um, you know, with the teams that I lead, we always say about like, you know, know your why and and understand your why. Um, you know, for me is, you know, we all get into healthcare because, you know, it's a service-based industry, right? We're trying to, we're trying to help other people. Um, I, I, at this point in my career, I, I sincerely say this, I am on the descent 
right? I like mm. literally say that. Like I, I am, I'm on the, I'm on the way down, not the way up in my career. So I've completely shifted my gears on my mindset on, on what my role and what my purpose is right now. And what I want to do is empower others, right? What I want to do is, is, is say, look, I, I'm really good at something. I don't know why I'm good at this. I don't know why I can help people with, you know, for example, their shoulder pain, but I'm good at it. So I, I want to give back and I want to make sure that, that we're, we're doing that. So, you know, for me, it's, it's about that in terms of our leadership roles. It's about like helping the next generation, um, kind of get a shortcut, right? So it took me whatever, 20, whatever years now to get where I am. What I want you to do is I want you to, to learn from me and learn from all the mistakes, all the things that like I wasted time on. Right. So, um, I, I think my why right now is, is from that standpoint is I want to see others succeed, right. And surpass me. So even professionally, right. Like I fully expect everybody on my team to one day surpass me. Right. And I think that's the the best sign of success. So, you know, I think that's why we did that. Why did, why do we do all our content online? Why do we do, um, you know, our educational courses online? Why do we do our podcasts, our websites, our, our clinic? Well, it's the same thing. It's just, it's, it's teaching people what we do just, I don't know, for whatever reason we're, we're good at it. So we feel like we owe it to everybody that we have to share it. And, and truly the words of a great leader, <laughs> passing it down <laughs> so that others can take it and, and continue to learn from it. I mean, that's, that's truly, truly incredible in, in the work that you're doing. And I wouldn't say that you're on the descent. I wouldn't put yourself out there that <laughs> that quickly. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, I feel like, you know, I mean, I've, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been in the right position. I've done some good things. I'm very content with what I've been through now. It's about helping other people get where they want to get. And I think, I think that's, that's cool. But, you know, that's why we got into this, right? I mean, we don't put all this effort into like, for example, our Instagram accounts for us, right? You're doing it for other people. Now, don't get me wrong. Is that, is that helping us somehow? Is that keeping us sharp? Is that helping us grow? Is that helping us, you know, learn? Is that helping us, you know, financially? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a bit to that, but if that's your why, those are the people that aren't on authentic online, right? And you see it, right? That Instagram profile where all they're trying to do is monetize you, right? Versus just give, give, give. Those are the people that, that annoy me online. Yes, exactly. Exactly. No, and I think we all can feel that and get that. And obviously, we're linking this all up, but you guys can go find him right now and understand the things that he's saying, especially if you're a student, a clinician, like learn from the pros, learn from the people who are actually doing it. Now, we do want to talk a little bit into what you just said you're an expert on, which is the shoulder. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do complain of whether they have clicking shoulders or pain with overhead movements. I mean, this is not only athletes, overhead athletes, but this is across the board. Anyone who's reaching overhead to reach on a top shelf, you know, and all of a sudden start to feel that pain. What do you say are like kind of the most common things you see around the shoulder? Yeah, shoulders are goofy. And as as we're getting more uh, focused on fitness and using our bodies for lots of things like, like, you know, just even workouts and athletics, right? I mean, we're doing so much more as we get older nowadays, right? As people are aging, they're staying much more active. Um, the shoulder is a tough joint, right? If, if you look at it, it can do an amazing amount of things. 
right? It has the most mobility of all the joints that are out there. We can move it in all these crazy ways, right? Look at your knee. Like your knee is like super boring, right? It just <laughs> kind of goes back and forth, right? Your shoulder gets to do all these crazy things. So we we tend to say it this way, it, that, that, that huge increase in mobility that you have comes at a cost sometimes. So what we end up seeing with most people is that they have too much mobility and they don't have enough strength or control to be able to, to, to kind of keep that shoulder resilient, right? To be able to do some of the things that they want to do, whether it just be in the gym or just in an active lifestyle, that sort of thing. So it, it's this balance between mobility and stability that is, is super crazy. Right. So, you know, it's funny. We, we always kind of, we say the analogy of like, what is the shoulder joint? Right. And we always kind of, kind of use the analogy that it's, you know, it's a ball and socket joint. I think most people get that, but it's not very, it's not very stable. Right. It's like a golf ball on a tee. Right. It can get knocked off that tee very easy. Right. So we tend to see people just with like, you know, the, 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 the compensations from maybe, you know, sitting at their desk all day or they haven't worked out in a while and they start to get, um, you know, different areas of just like poor movement patterns. We start to see that with the shoulder quite a bit. And then what happens is, is they say like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? It's, it's New Year's, it's, it's New Year's, it's January 1st. And Doc Gen Fit has a new program online <laughs> that I've been eyeing for months, but now I'm going to actually make this move right and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to optimize my mobility and then they just go bananas right they just they just do way too much and their shoulders not ready for it and it gets a little bit flared up so you know i think what we see with that is just it's very easy to have uh people that just uh, let their shoulder kind of get weak over time, right? They don't focus on some of those little muscles to kind of keep it strong. And then when they go to do some activities or they go to play catch with their kids or, you know, whatever it may be, they, you know, they, they, they start playing tennis out of the blue, something like that. And they, they, they start getting sore because they overdo it. I think that's what we tend to see most in, in the common population. So, you know, in saying that, especially with the common population, I think something that we're dealing with right now is like <laughs> just this mass exodus of people being inactive and people being in home. And I know that a lot of PTs, when someone comes in and you notice they're having shoulder issues and it's probably because they've been relatively inactive and now realizing they want to get active again, what are those tricks that you tell people like, hey, maybe start paying attention to this more throughout your day? Or how can people just throughout their day do their general daily maintenance on that shoulder so it doesn't start to decline. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great thought because look, let's be honest. I mean, we're all we're working from home now. You know, we're you know we we have this type of lifestyle anyway. The, the, the hustle in America, right, with our lifestyles is is so high that a lot of people just let their bodies go. That's a common thing. When we think of posture, right, and posture is like a big topic. Like, does posture always lead to pain? Right. I, I think the answer is not always. Right. But what tends to happen over time is if you don't reset your movement, if you don't do something in the opposite direction and you're always just in one certain posture throughout the day, um, what tends to happen is your body starts to say, well, I guess I don't need that other direction anymore. Right. So then when you go to use it, it kind of turns off. It's not quite there. And, and, and it, it just leads to issues down the road. 
So I know we're kind of talking shoulder for a little bit, but let me give you an example with the core, but it's the same way with the shoulder, right? If you really think about it, right? Everyone, when you say, what does your core do? Everyone's like, well, you know, it does sit-ups or it does crunches. You know, people think of it like the abs, right? Um, but functionally, when we talk about what the core does, the core helps keep like you upright. If the core didn't work, like your skeleton would just fall into a pile of bones on the ground, right? Well, guess what I'm doing right now? I don't know what you guys are doing. This is an audio podcast, not video, but I'm sitting in my chair right now. So guess what's keeping my bones from falling to the ground right now? My chair, right? So guess what my core is doing? Nothing, right? It's just sitting there and saying, well, I guess I don't need to do anything right now. The chair is holding me up. And then what happens though is then I get up and I stand and my core is not used to being on. So what happens is I just kind of rock back and hyperextend my back and just kind of lean on my bones and my ligaments, right? And, and, and just kind of just real passively stand there, right? I think the same thing happens with the shoulder. I think that example works really well with the core, but with the shoulder, what happens again is that it's so mobile if we don't like try to focus on making sure that muscles like our rotator cuff, for example, are still active, if we don't use it, we lose it. Right. And that's kind of the, the approach we take. So for me, even if you, let's say you're sitting at a desk all day, let's say you commute on a train, let's say you then come home and sit on the couch and watch TV, you're sitting all day, right? You're actually okay. As long as you reverse that posture at some point in the day. So that's usually where I'll hop on the gram and I'm going to go to Doc Gen Fit and I'm going to scroll down and try to find her example of what to do. I'm, I'm doing that right now, by the way. There it is. Rounded shoulders. It was just the other day. I see it. <laughs> right. So like I'm going to look for something like, oh, OK, rounded shoulders. And then what I'm going to do is, oh, she shows three exercises where I can just kind of reverse my posture a little bit. Even if you do that throughout the day, it's amazing how much better your body will feel if you just reverse the posture. Your body's super res resilient, right? It's not gonna it, it's not gonna die because you're you're sitting all day. But if all you do is sit and you never try to reverse that posture in any way, then your body's gonna start to adapt and say like, well, I guess this is all I need to do, right? And I think that's the main focus. What we try to do is we say is, what do you do all day with your body, and let's make sure that we round that out somehow by doing the opposite sometimes. That is such a good analogy using the core. And I think that can really help to draw in like the example, because we talk about this all the time. Best posture is the next posture. Like, what are you doing throughout your day to continue to move? And that's really what we try to get the message across. And yet still people, but what do I do? You know, give me the, the right. three exercises that are going to make my shoulder pain go away. And it just, unfortunately, it's not that easy. And I think right. what we we do see sometimes is that, at least in, in my experience, I've had people come, oh, well, you know, they gave me rotator cuff exercises with this TheraBand and just internal external rotation, you know, and, and it gets so focused in sometimes on that rotator cuff that we start missing the strength in other places, uh, which, in, which is our mobility of the shoulders. So if we can't, you know, control it in all the ranges, we might be falling into trouble. What do you say? To someone right. who's like, well, I've done the rotator cuff strengthening. I have the TheraBand that kind of I go in and out and and I do the internal external rotation and I still feel continued pain reaching overhead. We try to break everything down really simple. like, And this almost applies to everything, right? So the system that we we use to help people with their, their bodies is really threefold. We focus on mobility, control, and load. 
right? And we can break down those just briefly or a little bit, but mobility obviously is, can you move well? Do you have enough range of motion? That's what we would, we would say as dorky physical therapists, right? We would say, we'd say it that way, but how much motion does your shoulder have? Do you have full motion? Right. So mobility is number one. The second one is control. And what I say for control is that is where we focus on a muscle that may be weak. So you brought up, Jen, um, the rotator cuff, right? If your rotator cuff is weak, then it's going to do a really bad job stabilizing. And that's kind of what it needs. So once we have mobility, we can work on control by working on some of that isolated strength of a weak muscle. But if you don't take that next step and then get to the loading, and that's where we now load a movement pattern, I think that's where a lot of people get into a jam, Mm -hmm. right? So say you're working on overhead press, right? Just use an example like a fitness. If you're working on overhead press, if you just did rotator cuff exercises, like the, the, the tubing exercises just in and out with your arm by your side, then that's just one small part of that equation. What if some of your soft tissue overhead's a little limited? What if like your lats tight? What if your teres majors tight? What if something's limiting your overhead mobility? If, if you never address that, then it doesn't matter if your rotator cuff is strong. Mm. And then if you never get that baseline there and then actually start to load the movement pattern gradually, then you're going to run into trouble, right? So, so it's funny, like our world, this is probably like every world, right? But you guys know, like online, everyone wants to fight, right? Like isolated strengthening exercises aren't functional, right? They're silly. They're a waste of time, right? Well, yes and no, you have to do those isolated exercises if you have a weak muscle, Mm -hmm. but then you also have to load the movement pattern. So we strengthen muscles and we load movements. That's how we kind of break it down, right? And when we say by load, we have to say like, you have to gradually work on strengthening within that new range that you have. And then I think you've seen this, you you guys yourselves in your own practices over time and stuff. But if you don't hit all three of those, oftentimes you're either uh, maybe like a little bit better, but it doesn't stick, or maybe it just doesn't get as, as better as you expect it to be. If you don't hit all three, it's really hard to really maximize how well you you move your body, right? And that's how we we focus on performance is making sure that we hit all three of those. So I, I think people are guilty of that. I think they just, they, they focus on one thing thing and then get frustrated when that one thing doesn't work. And to be honest with you, the thing that that is the most funny for me online is that everybody wants to work on like mobility of their shoulder. And I'm pretty sure most people's shoulders are super mobile, right? That's not the number one thing, but they're, you know, they're, they're taking, you know, bands and hanging them from the rack and jamming their shoulder up, right? Stuff like that. And they're wondering why they're not getting better. It's it's because they're not focusing on the control or the loading component of it. So, you know, you can, you can find uh, 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 anybody that misses one of those components, I think it is going to be a little bit frustrated with their product. So, so, so important. And I think, again, without getting too nerdy PT myself, I really love what you're explaining because you're really explaining out like motor learning or neuromuscular development and how that actually happens. And that when we operate a certain way for a certain amount of time, we type in this code into our body's software that says, okay, you move this certain way. And that might reduce our mobility or our strength and control in a certain area or our ability to connect those dots and control it through the whole range. And then all of a sudden people want to try to, like like you said, jam into a certain shoulder range of motion where they might not even be able to understand what their core is doing at that time. And so I also right. noticed you mentioned a little bit of like this intersegmental like dependence that 
we sometimes don't pay as much attention to as we'd like. And it's funny to me, without rambling too much, <laughs> because you said a lot of people like to focus on one thing. And my another soap I'm sure that you would share is I think our system kind of incentivizes us to just focus on one thing. <laughs> and I think that For a lot sure. of people in their early career get in that struggle. Um, so having said all that, I want to kind of go this intersegmental dependence route and like, how do we start to teach people that, okay, when you lift your shoulder overhead, there's a lot of other things also at play, like our core right. and thoracic spine and even all the way down through our hips, what we're doing. Remember, these adaptations from your body are good things. Like, I think your body's proud that it's developed such bad posture, right? Because your, your body adapts to the stress applied or the stress not applied. And nobody talks about that part. They always talk about it adapts to stress. But if you don't put stress, it also adapts. And your body thinks it just hit a home run. Your body's like, <laughs> sweet. I just like, I man, I am the best sitter in the world, right? Because it's going <laughs> to adapt to sitting because that's what you do. The problem is, is then when we stand up and we try to do something more with our body, if we've completely neglected working on anything else, then that's where your body's going to get kind of throwing a curveball since we're going to keep going with the baseball analogies, right? So I think that's that's kind of the approach. So for us it's it's it to me it's just about a good a good movement based program, right? And I think that's where um you, you know if if your your idea of fitness is a well-rounded total body program, then I think you're going to do a much much better job being more resilient with these little things that might creep up in your shoulder or even other joints like your hip or your knee or low back even right is because you're going to work on on all those different segments right like i always use this as an example for people all the time right but like the way we sit right if right now everybody that's sitting are you guys sitting right now yep you guys are good perfect so <laughs> you guys sitting right now round your back and arch your back right so all we're doing is just like tuck your tummy in and then kind of arch your back a little bit and kind of go back and forth that's just rocking your pelvis back and forth. But while you're doing that, pay attention to what your upper half's doing. Look at what your scaps are doing. Look at what your shoulders are doing. That is a complete change in the position of your shoulders just by moving your hips, right? So everybody wants to just jump right to, oh, your shoulder hurts. Let's work on the shoulder. But maybe your shoulder's in a bad position because of other segments within your body, like you guys just said. You know what I mean? It's, it's how we put that all together. So I think that's another thing, kind of going back to what Jen just said, too, is that, you know, why do people get frustrated that they just did rotator cuff exercises and then didn't get better? It's because, well, you're still out of shape, right? <laughs> you know, you're still, you're not fit. Like you're not moving your body well enough. So, you know, for me, I think the majority of our programs, like if you were to go to our website, like our, 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 our programs that we do, we focus on, uh, com every aspect we call it athleticism but trust me even our adults want to be athletes but we focus on every quality so if you were to come to me so let's say let's say jen was going to come to me right so she's probably the most mobile person right from what we can tell online right <laughs> you have a ton of mobility right we're going to say like all right we want to work on mobility we want to work on strength we want to work on power we want to work on endurance we want to get all these these components together for Jen, we're going to say like, all right, well, okay, mobility is your strength. Let's work on some of your weaknesses. Like, you know, maybe you're not super strong or maybe you're not powerful, right? Maybe you don't move that strength fast enough. So it's all about like kind of putting it all together. But you know what most people do? And let's use Jen as an example. Sorry, Jen. Like what, what are you going to do? She's mobile, right? So you know what she's going to do? She's like, you know what? 
I'm going to, I'm going to start yoga. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like you're, that's the one thing you're good at. And you're, you know, like, not that that's bad, but it's just not a well-rounded approach. Right. Does that exactly. make sense? Exactly. Oh, exactly. I think people, you know, it's, oh, my body's already good at this. Let me continue on because it feels good, you know, and it's right. it, rather than going into the things that we probably actually really need, whether that's strengthening or control or, you know, coordination, even like for me, throw a ball at me and I will run. So (laughs) (laughs) what sports you play growing up, Jen? (laughs) Jen, what sports did you play growing up? Oh, gymnast through and through. Okay, perfect. That well, that makes much more sense now that I know that. So that's perfect. So, so we see a ton of of gymnasts at Champions. So one of our therapists, Dave Tilly, is just like the gymnast guru, right? He's and he's actually doing an amazing job trying to change the culture of the whole sport, which has just mm. been awesome to watch. Amazing. But we see it with him. He, we have all these like fourteen year old girls that can like not only touch their toes, but like put their like face flat on the ground. And then they come in, they're just like, yeah, my hamstrings are tight. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no. oh my God, let me show you tight hamstrings. No, they're not. Right? So, <laughs> right? so I probably just described you, Jen, all the time where you're just like, oh, my back feels so tight. I want to pop it. Like that's like the exact opposite thing that mobile people should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just had some, some people on who speak really really deep into hypermobility. Both of them have some degree of EDS or Ailish Daniels. And they're just like, for the longest time, um, Katie, the one we interviewed was stretching the crap out of her hamstrings and she started doing deadlifts and it sorted itself out in weeks. (laughs) That's, that's exactly right. So, so, and it's funny, sometimes people are just like scrolling around and they're trying to say like, well, you know, how do I help low back pain? And they, you see something, oh, you stretch your hamstrings like, oh, Mm -hmm. all right, that makes sense. I, I think that goes really, really well with the point that like most of the times, if you're just trying to like get better, if you really have something bugging you, that's limiting your, you know, something that you enjoy doing, whether that even just be playing with your kids or working out or a sport, whatever it may be, if something's limiting you and you're not having fun, it's just go get uh, an evaluation, like go see a physical therapist and and have them help you kind of work this through. Because the majority of the time you're going to, you see these posts that are geared towards other people and you just assume it's geared towards you. And then you get, get, you get frustrated. You say like, oh, well, stretching doesn't help me or strengthening doesn't help me. Well, no, I mean, just doing the generalized stuff that's non-specific to what's wrong with you hasn't helped you. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I think that's, that's, that's huge. And, you know, people need to, to kind of see that a little bit like you don't have to have like a huge injury or like a blowout surgery to like need to go see a physical therapist like you can you can go see somebody proactively to try to say like hey like take a look at me tell me how I can move better tell me how I can do this better because whatever I hey I want to set a PR in my deadlifts next week or not next week this next cycle like whatever it may be like like let us help you get there and I, I think I think that's the future of, of the proactive care model and we call it performance therapy because physical therapy sounds like you know like a huge limitation but that's what that's what we do with the majority of people is we focus on their performance Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone can optimize. And that's kind of where we come from with the optimal body. Like no matter whether you're hurting currently or not, there's always things that we can optimize to put ourselves in better positions in the future. And I think in response to what you just said, I would ask, because we say the same thing, go see a physical therapist. In so many states, you can just go see one without going to a doctor. You need to check on your specific state, but many states, I know here in California, we can. Um, the thing that 
people don't get is a lot of people don't really know what to expect when they go into PT. They don't know how to screen and find if it's someone that might fit them well. Like, I know, I think I heard you talking just before we were looking at some of your videos and stuff, just talking about what people expect when they come into a PT appointment, right? And if they're going to be expecting tissue work or manual therapy, or how can people kind of prep what to expect when they go see a physical therapist and how can they know they're going to be seeing a good one? Yeah. And, and, and keep that in mind too. It's just like anything else. It's, you know, there's, you know, there's good barbers and bad barbers, right? We've all had a bad haircut, right? But more importantly though, like there's, there's physical therapy clinics that tend to focus on certain things. So if, if you go there and it's a bunch of Medicare patients with total knee pain or total knee replacements, right? They're probably really good at that, right? So that's their wheelhouse. Like, so if your mom needs a total knee replacement, you know, I'm going to go to that clinic, but maybe they're not best suited for what you need. So you you have to find somebody that knows you, right? And look, we kind of talked about this at the beginning a little bit with me, but like now I'm at a point in my career where baseball players just find me, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're known for, you know, I help I help baseball players either with an injury or optimize their performance, right? So they find you, right? I think you need to do the same thing, right? Same thing with with Dave Tilly, with gymnasts, right? They find him, right? So, you know, there's somebody in your community that probably specializes in what you need. You just, you have to, you have to find that, that person because it's not a, it's not a fair fight to say all physical therapy is the same, right? That's like too big. It's like saying every doctor is the same. Like, well, no, some, you, you, if you had cancer, you'd go to a, a specific oncologist if you had like a heart problem, you go to a cardiologist, it's different. It's, I think it's the same thing with physical therapy. And again, just like going back to what we've been saying and what Jen brought up before, like that's why a lot of people get frustrated. Like, oh, physical therapy didn't work for me. Like, well, maybe just what you did for physical therapy didn't work for you. Yeah. I stopped bringing my car to mechanics too, because the last one messed it up. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's a good, that's a really good point. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I hear people say stuff like that all the time. I'm just like, it, it goes deeper than that. And based on what you do in your profession, are there people better and worse at what you do than you are? So, or just different and yeah, specialized, or, different in things. Absolutely. Areas. Yeah. Better and worse, right. probably not good words to use, but every PT is different totally. <laughs> yeah. And that's really important to understand. Right. One thing that I was listening to before we came on as well was you talking into and kind of with like your clinic in, in with the people that you work with about this discrepancy on social media where people talk about, you know, manual therapy versus exercise. And, you know, I think what gets clouded, especially on social media, it's like, I get sent all the times these devices that people should have. Oh, I need this thing to open up my low back. I need this thing to pull my shoulders back. And then you have on the complete flip side of it, therapists who are like, every other modality is wrong. So it's like, how does someone find the commonality? And you who've been a therapist for so long now, like what what advice do you have for people? Yeah, it's it's it, it's tough because you know there's there's a lot of people and it tends to be younger people on social media that think like there's a finite answer to everything, right? And and I always try to advise everybody to keep an open mind, right? Because the, you know the the true sign that you're you're you know growth mindset based is that you're you're willing to change your opinion, and I think that's like super important, right? And I always tell everybody like at some point in the future, everyone's gonna be laughing at us that we thought the earth was round, 
right? I mean, <laughs> come on, it's not round, right? So it's it's the same thing. I mean, we we thought the Earth was flat for so long, and that seems like such an obvious thing now. It's it's funny we have so many people like in their mid twenties that are going all out with a heavy opinion online, right? And they haven't really experienced enough yet. And then what happens is they spend the rest of their career trying to justify their previous bold opinions instead of Mm. keeping an open mind and growing. Right. So, you know, I think that's a bit of the problem. Like as, as a profession for us, like we, we do need to get better. We do need to make sure that we're always using the the best approaches to help people. Right. And if that's exercise or manual therapy or or whatever it may be. Right. Um, But I think it always comes down to this. Right. Think about it. Chocolate's amazing. Right. We all love chocolate. Right. A ton of people love peanut butter. Right. You can have them both separate. They're awesome. Right. But you put them together mind-blowing, especially if they're shaped like an egg for some reason. I don't know why the eggs taste so much better than the cups. And then you right? combine but it with cereal and then it's also mind-blown. It's, it's, it's the ratio of, of peanut butter to chocolate that is enhanced. But, like, but when you put it together, it's best, right? So yeah. there is no finite answer to everything. And once you see that in practice and once you understand that and learn that, it's actually eye-opening for you to realize that there's there's so much more out there uh, when you feel that way. And I, and I think that's going to be, I think that's that's going to be a good lesson for a lot of people to, to learn out there is, is don't be too caught up in, in such a strong opinion early in your career. Have an open mind because as, as new things come out, new research is published and, and you have new experiences working with other people, you're going to see that that some of the things that maybe you thought earlier in your career maybe weren't perfect, right? And I think that's 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 a big approach we need to get better at in our profession. Totally. And I think what's interesting too, though, and I'm curious to, to know where you stand in terms of what you've seen, because I'm sure you've done things where now the research will say it's not really as effective, but you saw outcomes with the clients that you worked with? Like there were there experiences that you've had that where, yes, the research is going to support and say something, but the outcome that I can get from this client is going to be better than what the research article will say. Have you had any of that? That's huge. I mean, research is hard, right? A research in humans is hard, right? It's really hard to, to have a well like controlled study in humans, right? Because we have to make sure that that we we are being very strict with the design of it to really say it is something good or bad. Mm-hmm. What we're starting to see in our profession a ton is these huge diluted like research studies that are published that say, um, let's say for example, manual therapy doesn't help shoulder pain, right? And that's maybe that's even the title. Maybe that's the conclusion from the abstract. Guess what everybody's going to be talking about on social media next week? <laughs> They're going to say, oh, see, told you manual therapy doesn't work, right? Yeah. That that sort of thing. But then you look into the actual study and the people in the study were between the age of 21 and 72. You're like, whoa, okay, all right, that's that's broad, right? And then there's no definition of what manual therapy is. Like, well, what does that mean? Like, is it, what, what did they do? Was there a specific technique that they performed, right? That sort of thing. Like, uh, was the person experienced that did it, right, for example? So, um, you you know, we're seeing this big, big diluted kind of uh, amount of research that's being published. So I'm going to simplify it for you guys. I'm going to keep this super easy, right? And this is this is the part that's awesome, right? Nothing works for everybody. 
but something is going to work for almost everybody too, mm. right? And you got to keep that in mind. You have to, you have to, you have to make sure that you know, you know when to do certain things. And that's where, again, I, when we talk about our system, kind of going back to what we talked about before, mobility, control, load. I don't care how you achieve mobility. If you're a massage therapist, then your wheelhouse is going to be massage. If you're a chiropractor, maybe it's a joint mobilization or manipulation. Okay, that's fine. If you're a physical therapist, maybe it's stretching. Maybe it's a joint mobility, whatever it may be. I don't care. Remember, I just said mobility. That's all I care about. How you choose to do it, that's up to you, right? As long as you're getting the outcome. So as long as you're helping with that shoulder mobility, right? And I think that's what people don't see. If you came to me, your shoulder, you don't have full overhead mobility of your shoulder. I'm going to lay down on your back. I'm going to check it out. And then I'm going to try something. Maybe I'm going to say, let's massage your lat. Let's see what happens. And I should immediately tell if it worked or it didn't work. And if it didn't, then I know I'm barking up the wrong tree and it's time to try a different technique. So I, I think that's a better approach for, for most people to kind of at least start with is, is keep, a, keep an open mind and just realize there's, there's many ways that we can achieve the goals we're looking for. You just have to find what works for you and what kind of jives with even your personality, your style, your skill set, right? Like, like I, I think there's a lot of variability and there's a lot that we can probably all do. That's the old uh, barn and cow pie strategy where if you throw enough of those cow pies, one's going to stick. I think a lot of early PTs might use that. Well, hey, let's try that. Do you feel better? No, let's try something different. And especially early on as whether you're a clinician trying these types of things or someone at home trying these things for yourself, I think the most important thing, it was that quote that you said is one thing's not going to work for everybody, but something will most likely work for everybody. And I, I think that's so important to focus on because like you mentioned about research, and this is a huge rabbit hole we could go down about bias research and how bias <laughs> research builds bias research. And as soon as you start looking into any study, there's always more that needs to be uncovered. Um, and I think that the headlines are just playing into human nature right now that likes to distill everything down to one sentence. So I really appreciated how you went through all that and just encouraging people to try things, whether you are the clinician, whether you are the person out there. Yes, the research we get and the information we get is important, but how we feel when we try these things to ourselves is the most important. Mm -hmm. So I know that you put tons of information out. You've mentioned your clinic champion PT performance. You do a podcast. Where can people easily find more about what you do and put out? Well, I'm easy to find. It's just, just my website's just my name. It's just mikereinold.com. And from there, I mean, I have a newsletter. I'm on all the socials, um, uh, podcasts. Like you said, we've been, been doing all this, this stuff for a while now. I think we, I mean, been doing the website over 10 years. I think there's over a thousand articles. Um, you know, we've been doing the podcast for five years every week. So it's, it's, it's crazy how, how things just, uh, uh, steamroll. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we have uh, tons of stuff. We have online stuff for people that are interested in it. And obviously if you're in the Boston area, you can, you can come by and, uh, and see us at our place. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. And again, as a clinician, I just want to thank you for the work that you do, the information that you put out. And if any students or clinicians are listening right now, definitely, definitely. This is someone that we admire and as a mentor, mm -hmm. like definitely recommend. So thank you, Mike, for your continued work in our profession and not and, you know, and continuing to be open. I think that's hard as people grow and sometimes get stuck in one thing and you've continued to prove, you know, 
what we as a cl- as clinicians and as profession can do together. So thank you. That's awesome. And, and thanks for having me. I mean, this is this is awesome. I love collaborating and working with like-minded people. So keep it up. You guys are, are doing an amazing job and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be on here. So thanks for having me as well. Thank thanks you. a ton. Appreciate you. You know there are more people out there that would resonate with it just the same. Also, subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcast app so we know what you want to learn or other guests that you think we should bring on for you in the future. Keep tuning in to find your optimal body.